0: This is It Is Written. I'm John Bradshaw. Thanks for joining me. Welcome to the Philippines and to Manila, the nation's capital. 1.8 million people call the city of Manila home. And almost 13 million live in the metropolitan area, placing Metro Manila in the world's top 20 populations. And if you drive through Manila, and you'll do so slowly, you'd believe it. It can take a long time to get from anywhere to anywhere in Manila. But when it comes to getting around Manila, at least you have options. The Philippines is an archipelago, an island nation. But although there are seven and a half thousand or so islands here, only 11 of them are larger than Oahu. The Philippines sits on the Pacific Ring of Fire, So earthquakes are common. While the eruption of Mount Pinatubo in 1991 was the second largest volcanic eruption of the 20th century and caused temperatures around the world to fall. Time Magazine said the Philippines was the most exposed country in the world to tropical storms. A typhoon in 2013 killed more than 6,000 people. The country's favorite son is boxer Manny Pacquiao, Senator Manny Pacquiao. He's so popular in the Philippines, police say that crime stops in Manila whenever he fights, and the busy streets of Manila go quiet. Imelda Marcos was the well-known Philippines First Lady for more than 20 years, who became famous for her collection of shoes. Some say more than a thousand pairs. Others say almost 3,000 peers. Although the national language is Tagalog or Filipino, more people speak English in the Philippines than in the United Kingdom. The Philippines was colonized by Spain in the 16th century. More than 300 years later, the United States took control of the country following the Spanish-American War. But two years into World War II, the country would be ruled by yet another power. Japan. Japan attacked the Philippines on December the 8th, 1941, just hours after it attacked Pearl Harbor. The combined U.S.-Filipino force in the Philippines was under-resourced and under-prepared, so Japan made fairly easy work of rolling through the Philippines, occupying Manila on January the 2nd, 1942. Fighting a war on two fronts made it harder for the United States and the Pacific. And as important as it was to defeat Japan, defeating Germany was the priority. Filipinos had felt secure, believing that American military might would see off any attack. But that confidence was misplaced. American forces had no option but to retreat. When General Douglas MacArthur left the Philippines in 1942, with thousands of American servicemen still in the Philippines, he gave a speech at a train station in South Australia where he said, I shall return. But more than two years passed before MacArthur made it back to the Philippines. Two and a half years or more is a long time to be at the mercy of an invading army. General Edward King was ordered by Douglas MacArthur to defend the Bataan Peninsula at all costs. MacArthur told him that if it came down to it, U.S. troops were to charge the enemy. Well, of course, that would have led to a complete slaughter. With his men on a peninsula, water on three sides, and an advancing enemy on the fourth, King knew what he had to do, and he chose to disobey MacArthur's direct command. On April the 9th, he stated that all forces on Bataan were to lay down their arms and surrender to the Japanese. It was the worst military defeat the United States had ever suffered. 12,000 Americans and 58,000 Filipinos were captured that day. As King was negotiating surrender, he asked a Japanese military leader if his men would be well-treated as prisoners of war. He was told, we are not barbarians. Well, the events of the next few weeks and months would prove that statement to be inaccurate. The Bataan Peninsula would become the starting point of a journey of horror, a march of death. American forces were at a low point, many overcome by malnourishment and diseases such as beriberi and scurvy, as well as dysentery. But the Japanese decided they needed to move 12,000 Americans and 58,000 Filipinos out of the Bataan Peninsula. They would move them to Camp O'Donnell, a distance of about 65 miles. The prisoners would be marched to a train station. Then they'd march again to Camp O'Donnell when they got off the train. It's fair to say Japan had no idea it would suddenly be stuck with having to deal with 70,000 prisoners of war. And if Japan kept those prisoners weak, they'd be easier to manage. But what unfolded would be an unbelievably dark chapter of World War II, and it would prompt the asking of some questions that are not easy to answer. One of the questions most asked by people wrestling with matters of faith is, why does God allow tragedy to happen? I've been asked that question all over the world, and it's a fair question, a question that comes close to everyone. Because wherever you have people, you have heartbreak and pain and loss and grief and all that comes with it. Why do horrible things like this happen? Why do babies die of cancer? Innocent people get killed by drunk drivers. Why if there's a God, would people be subjected to inhuman cruelty, which is precisely what came to the men unfortunate enough to be forced into the Bataan death march? The answers exist, but they're not easy. And the answers demand something of us. I'll be back in just a moment.
1: We hear it all the time. God is all powerful, and God is love. But if God is so powerful and loving, why is there so much suffering? Discover what the Bible says on the subject by requesting today's free offer, Why Does God Allow Suffering? It's absolutely free. Just call 800-253-3000. 800-253-3000. Or write to the address on your screen. You can also make your request online at iiwoffer.com. Planning for your financial future is a vital aspect of Christian stewardship. For this reason, It Is Written is pleased to offer free planned giving and estate services. For information on how we can help you, please call 800-992-2219. Call today or visit our website, hislegacy.com. Call 800-992-2219. Thanks
0: for joining me on It Is Written. One thing about war is that it ordinarily takes place a long way away from where you are in time and place. Even though World War II happened a long time ago, the horrors of World War II were very real. Try to imagine what it was like for the men on the Bataan Death March in the Philippines, and you can't. 70,000 men were forced to march most of 65 miles from the Bataan Peninsula across the bay from Manila in the Philippines to a prisoner of war camp. Thousands of them died along the way. Put yourself into that situation, and no doubt you'll find yourself struggling to deal with it. Wouldn't you imagine yourself battling to deal with the senselessness of it all, the bitter cruelty of it all, marching in sweltering heat without food and water, soldiers being killed indiscriminately, completely without reason. How do you make sense of senselessness like that? You might even be trying to make sense out of your own difficult situation. In the Bible, there were plenty of people who tried to make sense out of their difficult situations. In the story of Job, Job wrestles with the terrible affliction that came upon him. He lost his home, his children, his possessions. So Job tries to figure out what's going on. But behind the scenes, there's something taking place that Job can't possibly know about. Satan is behind the affliction that Job is suffering. And the whole episode reveals that there are issues more important than our suffering or our well-being, issues that God wants us to understand. Now, Job's friends are convinced that Job has done something to cause his misfortune. They're thinking, you had to have done something to deserve this, which isn't uncommon. One day, Jesus was told that Pilate had killed some Galileans while they were offering sacrifices. Jesus said, do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. And he said in verses four and five, or well, those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. People like to have neat explanations for suffering. Take the story of the rich man and Lazarus. The common thought in Jesus' day was that if you were rich, you were clearly blessed by God, and poverty was proof of God's displeasure. Well, wrong. Jesus turned things upside down in that story when he had a beggar in glory and a rich man in torment. How could that be? Neat explanations for life's deep mysteries might be neat, but they're inadequate. It sits better with a lot of people to reduce God down, to find throwaway answers to explain the workings of God. So I wonder what might have gone through the minds of the men on the Bataan Death March. There were soldiers fighting for their countries, Americans and Filipinos. And now their captors were marching them 65 miles, and it was beyond miserable. It was obvious that many of them were going to die a ghastly death, unnecessarily. How do you explain that? Men who were on the march said that temperatures were up over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, 38 degrees Celsius or higher. It was the hottest time of the year in the Philippines. And the men were forced to march without food or water. They were already weakened before the march. 25% of the men on Bataan were in hospital or were being treated for illness. About 40% of the men had malaria. They were so short of food they'd been eating iguanas, monkeys, and snakes. They had eaten the cavalry horses. By the time the Bataan Death March started, they were out of food, with nothing to drink, marching in the blistering heat for 65 miles. Many of the men on the march had survived the furious bombing and the fierce combat on the island of Corregidor in Manila Bay only to find themselves marching to death. The brutality was difficult to imagine. Death March survivor Lester Tenney said, It wasn't called the Bataan Death March only because people died. It was called the Bataan Death March because of the way men died. If you stopped, you died. If you fell down, you died. If you had a malaria attack, you died. If you couldn't take another step, you died. Use the bathroom, you died. We had no food and no water. Either they cut your head off, they shot you, or they bayoneted you. Many POWs were killed simply for sport. While one and a half percent of American prisoners of war held by Germany died in captivity, more than 40% of American POWs held by Japan died in captivity. Do you ever ask yourself the question, why, why me? Why my grandfather with Alzheimer's? Why my grandmother with cancer? Why, why is my brother in prison? Why did I have that accident? Why did I lose my family or my future? Why? Fair questions, that's for sure. But no matter what answer you come up with, it's almost always unsatisfactory when you're experiencing your own your own private hell. Well, the men on the Bataan Death March would eventually arrive in the town of San Fernando, where they would board trains to take them on the next leg of their journey. So things were going to get better for them, right? Well, I'll have more in just a moment. Thank you for remembering that It Is Written exists because of the kindness of people just like you. To support this international life-changing ministry, please call us now at 800-253-3000. You can send your tax-deductible gift to the address on your screen, or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. Thank you for your prayers and for your financial support. Our number again is 800-253-3000, or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. My mom woke up at 11.45, and she smoked smoke. About maybe 1.30 in the morning, the, uh, my wife got a phone call. And I could hear the voice on the other end of the line. And she was basically uh, screaming, there is a fire. It's massive. It's headed your way. You need to get out and get out now.
1: After I hear fire, I hear in the background, the fire is two to four blocks away from your house. And I panicked. We started praying. Our prayers didn't last long. They were desperate. They They were rushed. There was a need. It was urgent. It was very, very urgent. I said, please save my children.
0: Where was God when the fires burned? Where was God as people suffered? Where was God while people were dying? Where was God in the midst of the devastation? When the Bataan Death March reached the train station, this train station in San Fernando, American and Filipino prisoners of war were crammed into metal boxcars for the journey to Capas, which took more than a couple of hours. One hundred men were pressed into boxcars large enough to hold only forty. They were jammed in so tight they couldn't sit down. There were no sanitation facilities. Now remember, the men were sick. They had dysentery. There was no medical care provided. It was well over hundred degrees Fahrenheit. The boxcars were like ovens. Hundreds of men who survived the march didn't survive the journey by train. When the trains arrived in Kapas, the men had to march again, often holding each other up because they knew, should anyone fall or stop walking, that man would be executed. The men leaned on each other for survival. The psychological pressure was immense during the march. The Japanese captors, referred to the POWs as cowards, told them that they were lower than dogs because they surrendered. Decades later, survivors of the march would talk about the great difficulty they had just thinking about it, the graphic images that would come to mind when they reflected on their time here. Once they arrived at what's now known as Camp O'Donnell, the ravages of the march really began to take hold. Hundreds of men were dying every day. Some men died with their canteen in their hand, waiting to get water. Now remember, they're sick, many of them diseased. They're malnourished, exhausted. They haven't had anything to eat or drink in ages. Within two weeks, the strongest survivors were shipped to Japan to work as slaves in coal mines or factories. The ships that took them to Japan were deliberately left unmarked. Nothing indicated that there were POWs on board. Literally thousands of Americans died on those ships, sunk by American forces. 26 ships carrying American POWs were sunk by the United States because Japan refused to put markings on the ships. So, you're a slave in a Japanese coal mine. You're a long way from home. Maybe you wonder what the sense of it all is. Now go back to the time of David, and no doubt there were people wondering why. The Bible says King David numbers Israel. He conducts a census, something he should not have done, because in doing so, He was demonstrating that his hope was in his army rather than in God who gave him victory over Goliath and brought down the walls of Jericho and so on. God wanted David trusting him and sending the message to Israel that their hope was in God and not in men. Now as a consequence of what David did, God sent a plague that killed 70,000 people. Now were these people guilty? No they weren't. They were just collateral damage. Now try making sense out of that. Is that fair? Well, of course it's not fair. But if you want to talk about what's fair, let's talk about Calvary. Jesus was nailed to a cross. He took upon Himself the sins of the entire world. He was ridiculed, falsely accused. He was beaten, tortured, and He hadn't done anything wrong. Now that was not fair. But what all this reveals is that in God's eyes, there are even bigger questions than our comfort, our earthly well-being, even our survival, or His for that matter. And why is that? There are things going on in this world behind the scenes that we can't really understand. Now, remember Job? Job was unaware of the spiritual battle taking place outside of his view. He was also unaware that his misfortune would help us. It would help us to see that there's a spiritual battle taking place behind the scenes today. What Job learned is that what matters ultimately is that we trust God, that we realize there's a bigger picture and that ultimately God is in control. He said in Job chapter 42, verse 5, a very important verse, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Job was saying, finally, I get it. My job is to simply trust you, God, no matter what. And that's it. Trust in God, no matter what. In Job 38, God says, Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me. If you have understanding, Job 38 verses three and four, he goes on to say, have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? Have you entered the springs of the sea? Or have you walked in search of the depths? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the breadth of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Job 38, verses 12 and 16 through 18. For four chapters, God answers Job. It's the longest speech given by God in the entire Bible. And God doesn't deal with Job's guilt or innocence. He doesn't even try to make sense out of Job's suffering. He simply reveals to Job one of the most important things a person could ever learn. There are times when things just don't make sense. And that's when you remember that God is God. That's it. God is God. If you try to make sense out of your own personal, difficult experiences, well, you're not always going to be able to. People often say, well, everything happens for a reason. So try telling that to a soldier on the Bataan death march or to somebody in a concentration camp. What could the reason be for that? The reason is often simply that there's sin in the world. Wicked things happen because of the presence of wickedness. Why did the Bataan Death March happen? Because a nation wanted to be a great empire, plain and simple. Japan's co-prosperity sphere was promoted. We'll free you from Western colonial oppression and we'll all prosper. Well, that was never gonna happen and it didn't. You go all the way back before creation and Satan said basically the same thing. I will be like the Most High. Isaiah 14, 14, someone wanted to be great. The truth is sometimes there's no reason for human rights abuses like the Bataan death march other than sin. I said earlier that when you ask the question why, the answer you find demands a lot from you. It does. When God says, just trust me, that isn't always easy. Your child dies. God says, just trust me. Let's not kid each other here. That's not easy. You're involved in a terrible accident. You lose your job or your home. God says, just trust me. You're facing an impossible future, and God says, trust me? Yes, that's what God says. Because the truth is, our time on this earth is very short. The ball isn't always going to bounce you away. Life can seem unfair. But ultimately, we're here to learn a lesson. Trust God. The Bible says, "...and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose." Romans 8:28. So what worked for good as a result of the Bataan Death March? Well, those who wanted to learn lessons about war and cruelty and war crimes certainly could. General Homma, the Japanese general responsible for the death march, was executed for war crimes. The Americans and Filipinos played their part in bringing victory, and that's no small thing. But try telling that to someone dying of thirst or at the wrong end of an enemy bayonet. It takes a lot of faith to accept. But ultimately, we have to remember that life isn't about fairness or things that make sense. Often, life just doesn't make sense, not from our vantage point. But if you can trust a God who is working things out behind the scenes, if you can trust that God has your best interests at heart, if you can trust that there's a coming day when there'll be no more sin, no more death, no more war, no more cruelty, then you can look beyond the harsh challenges of this world and you can know that one day God is going to make all things new and all things good.
1: We hear it all the time. God is all-powerful, and God is love. But if God is so powerful and loving, why is there so much suffering? Discover what the Bible says on the subject by requesting today's free offer, Why Does God Allow Suffering? It's absolutely free. Just call 800-253-3000. 800-253-3000. Or write to the address on your screen. You can also make your request online at iiwoffer.com.
0: Let's pray together now. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that there is hope. We thank you that, that things do make sense from your perspective and we can trust you when they don't from ours. And so during the challenges in the midst of the struggles of this world, give us grace to look beyond what we can see immediately to a day when you will make all things right. We thank you that you see the big picture and that we can always trust you. Friend, can you trust God today? trust him in the midst of your present challenge in the midst of your present distress tell him i trust you god i believe you'll make all things right lord we thank you and we pray in jesus name amen thank you so much for joining me i'm looking forward to seeing you again next time until then remember it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god